Hello and welcome back, Beatheads. You are listening to And the Beat Goes On Dating After Divorce with your hosts, Dion McDonald. Hello, everyone. And Jackie Trammell, that's me. Hi. <laughs> Um, we are here. We've had a little bubbles already, so bear with us. That's surprising. What? 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 Oh, oh, Oh. bubbles. Speaking of bubbles, I want to say, I, I bet you didn't even realize this. Cheers to us because this episode is going to mark our one year. Did you remember that? I did. I was going to say something to you. I was going to oh, say happy cheers. anniversary. So happy, happy anniversary. Happy podcast anniversary. Cast anniversary. Yeah. Cast anniversary. Anyway, hey, hey. Beheads, thanks for putting up with us for a year. We got more to come. We are just getting we're, started. We're just getting started. Yeah. I think so much. <laughs> anyway, guys, September 1st was our first podcast of inaugural if you inaugural. will and i will i just have to give us props because that was right smack dab in the middle of all the pandemic nonsense wait there was a pandemic <laughs> there, there, unfortunately there still is and i don't mean to make light of that yeah um, no i know but that was in the that that was like in the the literally weeds. the heart of it yeah <laughs> the weeds man we were just in the pandemic weeds and it's probably the best time to start a podcast or really anything. But we did and we made it through. And here we are one year later. So oh my God, a year. Us. Who knew? I know. It was we year did. went by so freaking fast. I know. It's so, it's so fast. And I just, mm. I cherish you and everything we've done. And I think we have Thank a lot you. more cool stuff to yeah. cover. And I do too. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for fun. being you and being awesome and just, you know, being who you are. Oh, and right my friend. You. I know. I got you. Don't make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I know we both. Okay, I, I let's just let's just talk for a second about the fact that we both have a shit ton going on in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it has been insane. <laughs> I know this is all about dating and all that, but um, wow, I have. I feel like I've just been buried at work. I mean, I love, love, love my job, but there's just been so much. Buried at on. work means buried in wine, right? Oh, yeah. And buried, some other and, stuff. And in, and in trying to, to, you know, help manage my team and make the best decisions and make sure everyone has a good time and blah, blah, make the sales and all that. It's been great, but it's just, I think I went from kind of working sporadically during COVID time to just like jumping in full force. You have, you literally went from a very like occasional <laughs> gig know, to know. like serious hardcore full time. <laughs> and that sounds so spoiled of me, but it's, no. it's the truth. It's just where I was and now where I am. And so I just went from zero to 60 and I love my job. And it's just been, I think time management has been kind of a, like a challenge I mean, for me. But you have some other things going on in your life too, mm. outside of work and outside not, of this podcast. That not having a home. Creates stress <laughs> for you, right? Like trying to figure out where you should live or could live so, or whatever. So I kind of got um, booted out of my apartment in June. Um, that and, was- and just to be clear, we're <laughs> in September now. That's just so like three months. So I have not really been living out of my car, but it feels a little bit like that because I literally have piles of shoes in the back of my car. And people are like, are you starting a shoe store, Dion? What's going on? Um, I've been house sitting a lot. I've been staying with friends. And not that I'm doing this forever. I've been looking for places, but it's just challenging sometimes to find the well, right place. And everything's so <laughs> Fucking expensive. Fucking expensive. We live in Seattle, which I love, and I wouldn't change it for anything, but man, it's expensive. It's it's an expensive market. And I'm really picky, Jackie. I'm really picky because you know why? Wait, 
Why? Because we're cancers. You should be picky. Cancers, like our home is everything to us, right? Where you live matters. <sighs> yes. So I'm really picky about where I live and with whom I live and, you know, all of those things that go into finding the perfect place. So I have a list. You I really shouldn't be cavalier about where you live no. or with whom you live. No. <laughs> those are things that you really, sh- not to should all over you, but I- Damn it. I- validate I know. I know. Thank you. your feeling <laughs> Thank you. of this matters. So friends, don't think I'm homeless. I'm not yet, but you're just in between homes. I'm between, I'm in between homes. I always have a bed to crash in, but you know, just right now I'm just looking to find that perfect I want to make dirty to jokes about crashing and in bed. Um, but oh, I'm not really? gonna, because I'm bigger under- than that. Really? Well, like a, a bed to crash in, like crash into me. Like, oh my God. I'm just thinking you always have a bed to like have sex in if you need to. That's what I was getting at. Oh, I pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you can have sex in your car though, right? I and mean, I do have a car. And there was a time <laughs> where I could always have sex in my car. Now there's like <laughs> joint issues and like. joint. Oh, oh, like knees and ankles. Yeah, knees and not oh. hot. Um, but there's like, there's like flexibility issues that that come into play and it's not as easy to have sex in your car in your at 49 but hold on as it was at 19 hold on you have an SUV those seats go back what is the problem there's still (laughs) steering wheels and gear shifters and things to navigate but can't you camp in the back of your car like you could just put those back seats I mean you could I'm just saying there's always an option there's I mean if I really wanted to but also I have I, I, not to brag, but I do actually have a place to live and I have a bed and everything. Fuck. So not, okay. not trying to rub it in, but right. I'm just you saying a, I don't have to have car you sex. You also have a guest room. Which... If I wanted to have <laughs> car sex, I could, but. That's all I'm saying. Right. Right. <laughs> anyway, there's no car sex happening right now. I'm just saying I do have there's, my car. <laughs> do have my car. Over here for me, there's no sex happening right now. So it's just to be clear, car or otherwise. <laughs> Okay, I'm so sorry, listeners. We just went down a really a six-minute rabbit hole, a really circuitous path. Um, oh, did you like that word? I did. I love that circuitous. word. Circuitous. That's one of my favorite. Circuitous. Is it or is it circuitous? I don't no, know. No, it's circuitous. Okay. So anyway, guys, today Jackie and I were thinking about you know the fact that when you're in your forties, dating. We've talked about this here. Dating mm. is is what what. I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you something. I <laughs> I held it in as a little bit of a surprise. Oh my god! And then she you, almost spit her bubbles through her nose. That would have been bad because these are the Castilla Feliciana Briante bubbles. Mm, we and love Briante. Waste those no. with your nose. Um, <laughs> sorry, but I on. meant I meant before we got started. I really wanted to tell you we picked up our number fifty-one, fifty-first. Quote unquote country. It's actually. Wait, what do you mean quote unquote? It's not really a country. It's actually a U.S. Um, oh, territory. I know. Is it Puerto Rico? We already had Puerto Rico. Oh, we well. did a whole thing on that on the internet oh. and stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's I'm so bad. I And I didn't do a thing because it's, it's a country, but not really a country. So I just didn't go down the whole like Facebook <laughs> thing. But we got, we have at least one now listener from the U.S. Virgin Islands. So welcome, virgins, oh. Virgin Islanders. I don't know. What do we call you? Do you guys call yourselves virgins? Are you virgins? I think they're islanders. Islanders. Virgin islanders. I like that. Virginal Vir- islanders. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Stop the madness. Okay, so you were saying what we were going to do no, today. No, no, no. Is there anything else we need to recap? 
How are you? I just totally went off on how I'm doing, how overwhelmed I'm feeling because I'm living on my car, but now you go. Oh, look, I'm good. I, um, this is my crazy busy time in my day job. Mm. Um, and kind of feeling the weight of that the last couple of weeks, but, but we're coming to kind of the light at the end of the tunnel and some fun stuff coming up. So just getting through, I hate that summer is my industry's busy time because I feel like I miss the summer. Yeah. Like, I can't believe it's almost over. I know. It really is. And you know, here in the Pacific Northwest, we cherish our summers. Mm -hmm. We, like, you guys all out there, like, you may think you love summers, but no. Virgin Islanders, (laughs) listen up. Until you live in the Pacific Northwest, you really don't cherish your summers like we do because it, they're so short and they're so beautiful and we just like milk every moment. Yeah, because come February, oh, we're all going to be Lord. ripping our hair out from like gray, rainy <laughs> like, days. day Like months of gray. Yeah. So right now we're cherishing. So it is, I, I totally feel you when you say that you're missing your summer. Because I'm, I'm already like, oh, my God. No. Well, and the last industry I worked in prior to being in – so I work in the education industry, right? So it's, it makes mm, sense that summer's a sure. busy time because you got to get ready for school. Prior to that, I worked in the fitness industry. And New Year is the big time. So late oh. fall, like October, November, December is oh. really the insane time for that. So it's like I have flipped a switch. Right. And I'm on like the complete opposite of what I had been Uh used to. And I love my industry. I love what we do. I I love my job, everything about it. Um, But (laughs) it's just, it's completely different. And now I'm like, I used to be able to kind of like chill out and kind of skate through the summer. Mm. And now it's the opposite where the holidays I can kind of relax. We're not as busy, but this time of year, it's it's just nuts. And you're traveling a ton too. Yeah. I feel like at some point I probably spend more time in California right now than I do in Washington, which is crazy. Shout out to Kelly. Woo woo. I literally, so, okay, I promise, guys, we're 10 minutes in. I know it's fine. you want to listen to other stuff, but literally I flew in last week on Sunday to Sacramento, mm-hmm. and over the course of the week, I made my way down gradually down the state of California and flew out of Huntington Beach, out of Orange County. Did you drive? Uh-huh. Did you do the five? Or did I, you do the 101? You don't I didn't know. do the 101. Okay. Because I had to go to five. Fresno, so oh, that's kind oh, of more in the good. middle. Okay. I spent two nights. I got to spend two nights in a, in, in, a, in a hotel, which was nice. I didn't have to like just do one night and oh, pack right. up and go again. So Tell me it wasn't Fresno. It was Fresno. I actually liked Fresno. Crickets. I really, <laughs> Fresno was way better. I had this this like expectation of it, and Fresno far exceeded my expectations. So still, shout out to Fresno. Still crickets. <laughs> No, that's great. Yeah. Yay, Fresno. Sorry. How I'm often a, do they get that, I'm right? Like, yay, <laughs> yay, Fresno. So anyway, and then I drove from Fresno down to Huntington Beach, and that didn't suck. Oh, no. Being in Huntington Beach. No. The drive sucked. The drive. I was going to say, didn't it? Okay. But Huntington Beach never Yeah, sucks. no, no. Love so, it. And then, Oh, cool. Yeah. So anyway, if so, I'm a little rummy and weird today, it's a combination of exhaustion and bubbles. So basically, you've seen more of my state than I have in a really long time. Oh, I go back on Tuesday. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So did you say, see you next Tuesday? No, <laughs> but I didn't have anyone to say that to. I worked with really nice people this week, so. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. Because you're tired. You just got off a long shift of work and we're drinking, so. 
Anyway, so guys, so welcome, welcome, welcome to our show. We were discussing the fact that dating in our 40s, well, we've always said it's so different than dating in our 20s or before that. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about is like, you know, <laughs> I remember back in my fresh-faced teens and 20s when I was first out there in the dating world, I just was so idealistic. I was like, I don't know, I still believed in fairy tales. And now when I'm dating... I just feel so jaded and cynical. Someone actually called me jaded once, which hurt my feelings, but then I had to realize, oh no, they're right. It wasn't um, me, was it? It was not you. It was someone I was actually dating at the time. Um, okay, and since we've never dated. No, not yet. Each other, yeah. Not yet. No, it was like I was on my second or third date with someone and we were talking about, I don't know, like my parents or something. And I made a comment about, you know, just something about my parents. And he said, wow, you're really jaded. And I said, no, I'm just a realist. And I realized, like, sometimes I feel like I am a little jaded when it comes to dating or relationships in general. And I am a little cynical. What does jaded mean, though? Well, like, like, and, and not that you was to look up a Webster's Dictionary definition of it. Are you sure? Are you sure? I mean, you can. <laughs> I'm not telling you how to live your life, but... <laughs> But I'm not saying I should. <laughs> I, mean, I would never. <laughs> okay. All right. But but for me, I, I just don't know. I wonder if people interpret that word differently. All right. Well, I think he interpreted it the same way I did. Um, this definition from Oxford Dictionary <laughs> says, tired, bored, or lacking enthusiasm, typically after having had too much of something. Oh, I'm so jaded. <laughs> oh, my God. So... His meaning was, you know, oh, wow, you have a really negative view of relationships. See, and I think that's more cynical than jaded. Well, he said both. Okay. Well, <laughs> but maybe I, you're both. But I took his meaning. And I was very offended at first. And I was like, ah, ah. But then I, I kind of started, after that happened, I started looking at myself and saying, am I? Like, do I have a cynical view of relationships? And so it occurred to me that at this age, at this stage in our life where we are, is it true that we are more cynical or jaded? Or another way of saying it, do we have more emotional baggage that we're bringing into relationships? And if we do, how do we separate out that emotional baggage from what's in our past and what's right here, right now? Well, so that's interesting because I think of those things as all separate. Oh. Because cynical is like, Kind of like in my, I'm I'm not looking at any definitions of anything. I know Dion's about to look up cynical for me, but <laughs> no. But cynical is like almost this negative whatever. It's Jaded is that whole I'm tired of it, which I'm I'm tired of it, but I can't give it up because I do still hope to find a partner, okay. right? Okay. Um. So that's that's a challenge. Um. I'm probably cynical to a certain extent as well. But baggage to me is separate from those two things because it's like all that all that hurt that you bring with you from right. prior relationships right. or or what to me the baggage is all all of what maybe caused the cynicism and some of the jadedness, right? But then how is that different? Isn't that all part and parcel? Isn't that I think all... they work hand in hand, but I think okay. so. They, they can each be their own thing. So like one of my good friends, right. she, um, her first marriage ended because her ex-husband cheated on her with a stripper. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it's very specific. <laughs> I'm not laughing at her. It's just like, what the fuck? 
Really? Like, like and couldn't stop cheating on her no, with a really? stripper. With oh. a stripper. With a stripper. It could not be more cliche, right? But, but hold on. Did he, I'm sorry, I might go just uh, down a different path, but did he actually think he was in love with the stripper? Oh, yeah. A, there was a period of time where he did think he was in love with the stop. stripper. Stop. Mm-hmm. But, oh my um, gosh. So okay. anyway, it, their That's, marriage didn't survive didn't, that, didn't right? Survive that, the it didn't stripper incident. The, the stripper gate. Um, but I know that she has gone into other relationships since then okay. with a heightened sensitivity around are you being honest about where you're spending your time? Are you because she'd been cheated on? And the with a stripper part is less important than the cheating on it part, except that if you met her, she would tell you, Oh, my first husband cheated on me with a stripper. So I mean it makes a good she's story. She's very blunt about it. Right. But um, it makes a good story. And and I know that she would really want to clarify that he didn't just cheat on her. He cheated on her with a stripper. Um, <laughs> and she's makes, listening right now. So it hey. makes a difference. And you know what? That sucks. It does suck. It does suck a lot. Um, but, but I know that in subsequent relationships that she's had, right. She's had to kind of sort of temper that a little bit right. and understand. And her partner has had to understand that this is just part of, her experience and who she is and and he kind of has to deal with it as well so she was okay so and this is a very important question um was she very upfront and honest with her current partner oh. about what happened she's upfront and honest with everyone about everything so yes a hundred percent she was well because I think that would make a big difference if she, you're just like accusing your partners of cheating on you and they don't know your history that's one thing but if you're like hey look I dealt with this crap and so I'm going to be looking at you through this lens. And it wasn't even so much about him cheating, her new partner, him right. cheating on her. It was more about, are you being honest, right? Because mm. she had so many issues around the honesty piece of it. Of course. Um, are you being honest about where you're spending your time? Are you being honest about these things? And um, because But, I think- but she, was a, it, it, she is an excellent communicator, and she has been very mm. um, forthcoming right, yeah. with him about this is what my history is and where I'm coming okay. from. Um, and he is such a fantastic guy and he has really, um, he has really just said, okay. I mean like, and we all bring our issues to relationships. Well, right? that's my whole point is that when, okay. And so the crux of this whole podcast is when you're in your forties, you have been in enough relationships, whether marriages or long-term relationships or dating, whatever that, it's impossible, I would say, I would assert, it is assert away. near impossible, if not impossible, to not bring some degree of emotional baggage into your current relationships. That is, that is my take on it. Oh, and you know, and people have different ways. Of, I mean, is, do you, would you agree or no? No, like, I completely okay, agree. Okay. I think I, we all have, especially at this age, we all have. That's what I'm saying. So much history and so much shit, and it's like, <laughs> it's like how the do you, how do you, yeah the scars inside you become kind of a part of the fiber of who you are, right. and so, and that's neither good nor bad. That, it just is, right? It just is. I think it. I I honestly believe it's for the most part it's good. Because I like who I am now better right. than I like who I was in my 20s. Oh, 100%. And not that I was some horrible person back then, but I just think I've grown and I know myself better and we I'm We were just smarter. immature. And, right. and I know for myself, I was far more judgmental. I was so judgmental. Well, in your 20s, you're so sure you're right about Oh, it's everything. it's funny. I work with a lot of 20-somethings now and I love them. 
But it's funny the things they say. And I'm like, wow. Like, I remember being like that where you just felt like the world was kind of black and white. And you just had this view of like, this is what is. And then you get older and you have more experiences. You're like, yeah, there's so many shades of gray. So many shades. You know what I mean? Well, so let me ask you this question. Yeah. And we kind of covered this topic once, but I, I'm okay. going to... Let's revisit. We're going to revisit, if you will, to use wine terminology. Uh-huh. Love it. Um, so when when is the right time to reveal your baggage mm. to a new partner? Have you ever had someone that revealed their baggage too soon or held on to it too long? Because I have examples of both. Okay, it's funny. Okay, and, and I'm going to make a vast generalization here. But most of the men that I've been with <laughs> don't seem to be as self-aware of their baggage. Okay. Now, I know you've had experiences where, where men have been like, blah, on the first day, <laughs> right. right? Right. I have not had that. I have had men who were like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Like, and I'm like, really? Because you went through this and this and this, and that didn't affect you. And they're like, nope, I'm good. And then I'm, <laughs> I'm watching their behavior, and I'm like, huh? I doesn't think you're doesn't as good as you think like you are. You're that good. Um, so I have, I have yet to date someone who's like straight up, like, okay, here's what I've gone through, and here's what my baggage is. I, on the other hand, am really aware of all my shit, <laughs> like straight out the gate. So I'm probably the person who tends to reveal things a little too quickly. But like, okay, so <laughs> let's talk about that for a second because yeah. how do you do that? Because I'm not good at that. I um, <laughs> honestly, like the last person I dated, you know, we dated for almost a year. The last person I dated, seriously, we dated for almost yeah. a year. And um, there's shit I still haven't told him. What? Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm very, very extremely open, like straight out. I'm like, maybe not. I don't, I don't reveal like the first or second date. But if I think something's going somewhere. Okay, for instance, the person who said I was, quote, cynical or jaded, jaded or, or whatever. He said both. Um, clearly, I've not let go of that. No, I, I was talking about my parents and, you know, some of their issues between them. And I feel like I love my parents, but I've looked at their relationship through a very critical lens. And okay. so I was kind of sharing some things with him about like, this is what I would want. This is what I wouldn't want. And he was like, well, you're jaded. You know, that seems like a really cynical view. And I just, it, and I said, no, this is just my realistic point of view because I've grown up with this and here's what I want and here's what I don't want. And I don't know. I just kind of like straight up say, this is what works for me. This is what doesn't work for me based on my experience, based on what I've seen. Um, I don't know. I don't find it difficult to say that. I'm just like, I know what works for me. At this stage in my life, like, this isn't going to fly. Like, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. And then I feel like by the third or fourth date, if they hear that and they're like, I'm out, I haven't invested that much, right? Right, right. If I go a year and I haven't shared these very important things that are deal breakers to me or are really important, and then I share them after a year, well, I'm like, I'm in pretty deep at that point. Yeah. That's fair. You know, so I feel like I'm not going to lay it out on the first or second date, but by the third or fourth or where, whenever I feel like, okay, I can go somewhere with this person. Like this, this relationship could go somewhere. I'm going to share things pretty early on that. That matter to you. Yeah. That matter to me. Yeah. 
Okay. So why is it that you have not been able to? Well, so a lot of the stuff that I was thinking this through while you were talking, I'm like, a lot of the stuff that I consider deal breakers are stuff that would naturally sort of reveal itself within those first two or three dates, like, can the person communicate? Does the person make me laugh? You know, those kinds of things. So we get through all of that, you know, are they a decent human being? We get through all of that, right? Um, Are they married (laughs) now? (laughs) Okay. My my hope (laughs) is that we get to, that's my baggage. (laughs) Holy shit. Have you guys heard this before? I have some baggage around this. Sorry. Yeah. Earlier when you're like, I'm not really sure what I'm going to talk about. Oh, yeah. Really, Jackie? <laughs> okay. Well, there's this one topic. If you're fucking married, just tell me. Like, before we even go out, because fuck. But, um, but honestly, I think, when I think about, like, what's my true emotional baggage when you get past the whole are you married thing, because that's... Because that's a good... Surface level. It's kind of funny. That's a big one. But it's surface level. And that's <laughs> stuff you really should suss out very early on, right? <laughs> right. Um, the other stuff, like, when I look at, like, baggage, I think about my marriage yeah. and what what went wrong there and what wasn't wrong there and that kind of thing. And it, it wasn't this... Like, he didn't cheat on me with a stripper... It's not like I have this black and white moment of, oh, he's a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. He just ended up not being the guy for me. Um, And so I have a couple things, but they're, they're more, um, they're more things that I think you can identify pretty early on. And so then I just don't invest myself super early. And I'm not saying I don't have baggage. I'm just saying my deal breakers are so, so surface level that if you can't get to that point in the first few dates, you're doing something wrong. You're saying that you see them right away. For the most part. And if you don't, like, I mean, you're going to see them. You're deal breakers. You're going to see them. But here's the thing. Okay. Okay. But let's, let's go a little deeper. Okay. Okay. So my second marriage, because y'all know I've been married twice. Um, my second marriage, my ex-husband, how do I say this? Was a liar. Oh, was he like a pathological? pathological? Okay. He was, and I can say that now. I wasn't able to say it to myself when we were married because I was so in love with him and because I was like, well, everything else is so good. You know, he's my best friend and we love each other and we're in love and there's all this chemistry and blah, blah, blah. So I never wanted to admit it to myself. I can admit it now. He was a freaking pathological liar. And it wasn't just big. I mean, it was everything. It was, it started like, I, <laughs> should we just go to, okay, let me just be totally transparent here. So well, it started, yeah. yeah. Don't lie to us. I mean, like, <laughs> so two years in, two years in, okay. Two years. That's a long time. Into your relationship? Oh. Sorry. Or into your marriage? No, our relationship. We had, we, mar- we got married. I think we were together five years before we were actually married. Okay. So two years in. He basically one night just freaked out. He was just having this like meltdown. And I I kept trying to figure out what was going on. And finally he said, I have to tell you something. Essentially, he had been lying to me about this major thing in his life. (laughs) Like his job? Well, close. Um, He had told me when we first met, like the first day we met, he had told me that he had gone to a specific college and he had a degree from that college okay a I don't care about your degrees or your colleges or anything like that 
So it didn't matter to me, but essentially he felt less than. So he had lied to me and told me he had a degree from this specific college. And he decided two years in that he should probably come clean and say, oh yeah, that's not true. And meanwhile, I had told everyone, all my friends and family, this thing. That he had this yeah. degree that he had shared with you. Because not, when you're bragging about the guy you're in love with, you're like, oh my God, and he yeah. has this degree. About, yeah, like and this. it's not that I care about that kind of stuff or that it defines someone for me. It was just more like a fact. Like, oh. It's well, part of who he is. This is who he is. He when has, you meet someone yes. new and your friends go tell me about <clears throat> yes. it, and you're like, well, he did this. This is right. his job and this is where he went right. to school and, you know, like whatever. So I'm not sure why he felt the need to tell me that. But it was more about him and him feeling less than and so making this stupid thing up. But it was the first time someone had straight up lied to my face and told me something that was just straight up not true. And I was like, whoa. Of course, that was a huge, huge So was it just an exaggeration or was it a bald-faced lie? He had never been to college. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god his ex-girlfriend had gone to that particular university and gotten a degree from there and he visited her a couple times so he'd been on campus he'd been on the campus so that wasn't totally so he'd never but he'd never taken a college oh, course no well he had like an aa degree from some junior college which i'm again this is not about me being snotty i don't care it was just shocking because I was like, what the actual, like, what? So, of course, like this massive rupture, I was like, get, we were living at the time. I was like, get the fuck out of my house. Don't come back. I can't trust you. I don't want And then I started second guessing everything that he told me for the last two years. Okay. Well, right. Like, because you're like, that's such a basic fact to lie about. Right. Right. And I was like, Why? And he was like, I'm sorry. I just, you know, I, I've just felt bad because I didn't have a degree and I knew you'd gone to college. And, you, and I was like, ah. And it, it, anyway, so he was, I kicked him out for like a week and I just processed and was like, what? And I realized, okay, this isn't about me. This isn't about him lying to me because he's trying to hurt me. He's lying because he feels bad about himself. Okay. So I justified that. I rationalized it. And over the next <laughs> several years, I started realizing he just lied to me about all kinds of shit. He had told me that he had been to Europe. He had told me all kinds of stories. I mean, literally had told me detailed stories about his European adventures that had never happened. And so, like, I've met men who are liars, but they they reveal themselves so early on. I'm not two years into a relationship. No, right. And so, two months in, and I'm going. Right. Okay. So I've never really talked about this, but it was like, it was crazy making because then what happened, Jackie, is that when I started finding out all these little things and, and they like, again, I don't care if you've been to Europe. I don't care. But the fact that you've made this up and you've told me stories about things that never happened or that, I don't know, happened to your friend and you took it on your, I know Then I'm questioning everything you're saying. Everything. Is he like a sociopath at a this bit. point? A little bit. Cause like pathological liar is one thing, but just like manufacturing an entire life that never happened. And then I would watch him. So when I realized, Oh, this is who he, Oh, 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 this is what he does. Then I would watch him like we'd be out together. And and yes, listeners, I took him back. Um <clears throat> anyway, I 
I just kept saying, okay, it's not about me. Because you loved him and you're emotionally invested. And we can all understand that. There's nothing inhuman about that. With a group. And he would start telling a story about something that happened. And I'd be like, fuck, that is my story. That happened to me. And I told him. He would take on other people's stories. It was so weird. And I'd be looking at him. And the one thing I never wanted to do was publicly shame him. So I would never call him out. I'd never be like, uh, you're lying or you're taking my story. I would just let him finish. And then afterwards, I'd be like, so. I was going to say, I hope you called him out privately oh, later. Oh, I did. But I didn't want to do it in public. because that's Which you know, is fine. I, I, I respect the hell out of that. But I'm like, you did call him to the oh, carpet no. when you got alone, right? I'd say, so. Oh, he, he even. This, this was my favorite, okay? I had told him a story of something that had happened with my ex-husband, my first husband and me. He later told the story to someone as if it had happened to him and me. And I'm like, that was my story. That wasn't you. That was me. And he was like, huh? It was creepy. So, so, sorry, go ahead. Well, no. So what I want to ask is since that um, marriage ended, Mm. I'm, shocked to hear that that marriage isn't still a thing but 11 years Jackie 11 years 11 years you were married to him for 11 years 11 years years. we were together yeah cheers (laughs) no no no, we're not cheers we're not not toasting now we'll toast something happier later so you know you're in a situationship relationship whatever you you know Mm. I I don't know because last time last time you referred to him as your boyfriend but then prior to that he's like it's you're just, with you're with someone yeah. I adore and whatever that I don't know we don't what need it to define is. it right now. No. Um but does he pay a penalty for someone else having lied to you so much? Yes. And that's that is the whole issue is that and I literally had this happen today. Today I was at his house um, he's, he's gone. He's on a trip and I was at his house because I'm staying there because I live out of my car. <laughs> You're kidding. a crab. You carry your home on your back. <laughs> it's so dramatic. Um, I was at his house and I was on his computer doing a bunch of stuff for myself, you know, my own stuff. And I literally felt myself wanting to look through all of his files because okay. what if he's hiding something from me? And I remember stopping myself and saying, okay, Dion, this is a person who has never lied to you in three and a half years. He he's has never. so <sighs> honest. I love he's him. He's honest to a fault. He's honest to the point where I'm like, okay, you don't. You stop. Stop. Stop, stop. being so honest. He is 100% trustworthy. And if you are listening, you better not fuck me over ever because my whole belief in men will be destroyed. But no, I'm serious. Like, he is honest to a fault. He is completely trustworthy. He is stable. He's solid. He's secure. I don't think he knows how to pull one over on anyone. I don't think he's ever done that. Well, it doesn't occur to him to do it, right? It doesn't. Because he's just a good human. And yet, for three and a half years, I've been watching for the lies. When he says something, I'm like, really? When I I sometimes want to look at his phone, just be like, oh, who is he? Like, he's never cheated on me. He's never, like, and... I, you know, like, yes, it, it, it drives me nuts. So liar, liar, pants on fire, ex-husband. <laughs> did he cheat on you? Um, yeah. Yeah. At the end he did. Okay. He did at the end. Um, I, uh, anyway, I was not, 
we both we both cheated on each other. So I need to be totally honest with that. But I was honest about it to him because because <laughs> I could not be. Sure. And I knew he had and he lied about that. But because he's such a freaking liar, I was like, okay, well, we all know that's not true. So so I know he did, but he never, ever, ever admitted it. I mean, so yeah, it, but throughout our marriage, no, he did not. And there was no reason for me. But it was more just the constantly questioning, like anything he said. And he, the other thing he would do is if he knew I was going to be upset about something, he didn't like conflict. So he would do anything he could to avoid it. So he would deflect. He would um, subvert. He would sometimes overtly lie, sometimes just like kind of go misdirect. around something, misdirect. Yeah. So there was okay. constantly this questioning of like, wait, is, is that true? Like I felt gaslighted all the time. Like I felt like I was constantly questioning like, wait, is that true? Wait, how much of that is true? Is that whole thing true? Or is it, you know, I would ask him a direct question and he would be like, oh, I don't know. I don't remember. And I knew full well he remembered. And I'm like, you know what? And I would tell him over and over, if you lie to me and I find out, it's going to be far worse for you than if you just straight up told me the truth. Yes, I'll probably be upset. I have that conversation with my children a lot. Oh. <laughs> well, he was kind of like a child. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, he did marry a 25-year-old after me, so there's that. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, stellar human being. Anyway, so yeah, it, it, there's just this constant questioning of like, how much of what he's telling me is true. So yeah, absolutely, it comes into play. And I'm trying to override it all the time, but there's always a voice in my head saying, is he telling me the truth? Is he lying to you? Now, like we talked about earlier, I was pretty clear early on with my current relationship around this issue. And I'm like, look, I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, I'm going to question you a lot. <laughs> and I'll remind, and he, and he knows. And so he's very patient with me around mm-hmm. it. And he's very willing to be like, oh no, let me tell you this. Let me tell you what happened. That's sorry. And, and he gets it. Um, and it's, it's fading, but it, it's going to be a while before I completely let go of that. So <clears throat> funny you should say letting go. Oh, I looked up our friends at bustle.com. No! And they have an article called 11 Tips for Letting Go of Relationship Baggage. Would you like to hear what they are? I would love to, Jackie. Okay. I love Bustle. Let me to share with you. Bustle, by the way, we bring you up almost every podcast, so I don't know. Um, Hello. Reach out. Sponsors. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) Um, So number one, learn from the past. So what does that mean, though? It's instead of just being bogged. So learn from old mistakes instead of being bogged down by them. If we can learn valuable lessons a bad relationship has to teach us, we can move forward in a healthier way. So your ex may have had some qualities you never want to deal with. But (laughs) once you recognize that, it'll make moving on much easier. I don't know that that's super helpful. That's a whole deeper dive. You probably need a therapist for that. (laughs) Let go of repeating thoughts. So what went wrong? Why did they do that to me? I think of what's wrong with me because I ask myself that a lot when a relationship ends. Not not because anybody's done anything terrible. Relationships just end. But that's a repeating thought that I probably have to stop asking myself because it's not really so you okay so hold on you go to yourself you don't you don't say what's wrong with that person you say what's wrong with me oh yeah it's super it's it just feeds into all my insecurities and all my um so if someone was lying to you 
Like if if you had been married to my stupid ex and he had been lying to you repeatedly over a series of years, would you say what's wrong with me? Probably initially. Um, really? I will say I, my personal experiences, I have never been, to my knowledge, cheated on or lied to directly by hmm. someone. So hmm. the relationships that I've had that have ended have ended for more like innocuous reasons. Mm. Um, so I've never had someone truly do something that devastating. I mean, I've dated some narcissists, but I got out after a couple of months cause I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. And you've also dated married guys, but I also got out of those after right. okay. a couple of months. Right. So, so you weren't invested. Right. And okay. so I've never had someone do something so hurtful. <laughs> so egregious. To me. It is hurtful, no. though, to have someone uh, yeah. lie yeah. and cheat yeah. and do all those things. Mm. I, I, my, you know, not to sound like Cinderella or some princess, You're not. but I just, that hasn't been my experience. Right. So, um, oh, I get it. So when I am dating someone, usually it's a pr- fairly quality person. And when that person doesn't want to be with me anymore, I do start questioning what is it about me. And then I eventually I can come around and go, okay, it's not necessarily just me. It's the the relationship didn't work. But but my go-to is what is it about me? And so that is my um, repeating thought that I should let go of according to bustle.com. I mean, that's a good one. That's good. For sure. What went wrong? Why did they do that to me? Um, So if you... (laughs) Let go of the story you tell yourself. Oh, see, that's your that's your mantra. I tell myself stories all I the love time. You that. should hear the stories I'm telling myself about the relationship we were just talking about earlier. Aww. And they're not I'm not gonna get into that, but it's not healthy, it's not good stuff. Well then you should tell your story to me and I will tell you my story about you. Okay. That will be very different. Okay, we'll have that conversation after, after we wrap this up. <laughs> um Remember that not everything is meant to last and um, it's okay to move on. It's tough to move on. Um, Can but, I? T- oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just say, but not all, they're not all meant to last forever and that people come into our life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. So I think the hard part for me about that particular relationship, um, I had had my starter marriage mm-hmm. and I kind of, I was the one who left that, that first marriage. I just knew that that wasn't, we, he was a good person. He had integrity. He was, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about that person. Mm-hmm. We just were not meant to be for a lifetime. Like we started out like this, like idealistic early twenties and we just grew apart really quickly and we wanted totally different things and right. we were miserable we were making each other miserable so oh. when we split up and like i still have the utmost respect for that person i'm like he was a good good Are man you guys still in touch not at all he hated me <laughs> cuz oh, i no. left cuz i left um and he was devastated by that and I don't think he was truly in love with me. He was in love with the person that he wanted me to be. Well, and with the relationship and the marriage. And he all was of in that. love with the fantasy. Um, so I would love to see him today, twenty years later, and be like, dude. Like, I think we would. I do you it, ever reach out? Would you ever reach out? Um, I, you know, I would. I would love to see him again because he's married and happy, and he's got kids, which is what he wanted, and it was not what I wanted ever. Mm-hmm. And I think. He's a good, good person, and I actually adore him as a person. We just were not meant to be a couple. 
Um, and he, and yeah. And we, you, know, you were not meant to be a couple forever. Forever. We're, you were probably maybe. meant to be a couple maybe. for the time that you were. But, yeah, maybe. but maybe you weren't meant to be a couple forever. And I think that that's okay too. Yeah. And I think he, I always felt like he wanted, he wanted this idealized version of me and he tried to mold me into something he wanted and I wasn't going to be molded. So then when we split up and I met the second person, he came along and <laughs> he just loved me for who I was. He adored me. He had me on a pedestal. Like I've never in my life. And this life was your second husband. My second one. And he molded himself. <laughs> Right, right. Somewhat fictitiously right. into right. the person that he thought you wanted into him to be. Into someone who had a college degree, into someone who traveled the world, and all these things that he thought I wanted. I never asked him to do that. He did that. But I adored him. I loved him. I was so madly in love with him. And so it's it's hard to look back and reconcile like that person with this person who actually wasn't that good of a person. Do you know what I mean? Like right. my first husband was a really good guy and I just, uh, not for me. And the second one wasn't a good guy, but I was so into him because he was so into me. So it's just, it's, yeah. Well, that's a whole other anyway, conversation. So, so it was hard. It was hard to let him go. Of course. And it would be hard to remember <laughs> in that moment that it wasn't meant to last. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I just thought we were, I thought he was going to be my person forever. I thought he was going to be the person. Like I never believed before him that I was ever going to grow old with someone. And then he came along and I was like, oh, I could grow old with yeah. you. So it's still, weirdly enough, there are times that I still miss him. And that sounds twisted, but I do. <gasps> oh my God. Okay. I know country music isn't your thing, but I know it's, it's okay. Yes. It's my situationships thing. Mm-hmm. The song Better Man. Isn't that by Pearl Jam? Better Man is by... Um, it is by Pearl Jam. No, it's a country song. It's by... Um, oh, crap. Now I can't think of the <laughs> name of the band. It it's so good. You would love that, and it will remind you of him. Okay. Um, all right. Go on. So Bustle also suggests letting yourself feel sad, which we all talk about that a little bit. Like, go ahead and get through the emotion. Crying it, cry it out. Allow yourself, and and if you've never let yourself deal with the baggage, because I'm probably guilty of that, when a relationship mm. goes sour, like when you think about my last mm-hmm. um, significant relationship, mm-hmm. I never really got super sad about it, and then it hits me in waves oh. at other times oh. because I never really right. You didn't just grieve it. You didn't, didn't just let yourself it. grieve. But yeah, but you know, there's well things that work there. So, mm-hmm. um. Work on your self-esteem. So that's like, Jackie, that's for you. Um, <laughs> here's a hard one. Maybe easier for you. Don't talk to your ex. Oh, yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay. He's, he's, well, because let's talk about that when you've broken up with mm-hmm. someone recently. And oh. How did that work out for you? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait, don't talk to your ex like that gave you the emotional baggage? For the love of God, please stop <laughs> talking to your ex. Delete their number and don't do that whole 2 a.m. drunk texting thing. And definitely remove them from your social media. Once your ex is completely out of your life, you'll find that they start receding from the forefront of your mind. However, there's a difference here. Because there are exes that, like, fucked you over, like mine did. And, like... Which you would which carve I, him out, which no problem. I have... I mean, I am not in touch with him. I'm, like... You move on, boy. You live your life. Okay. I have no contact with him. But the most recent one, like there was no emotional baggage there. We just weren't 
working. You needed to shake things we up to make it work better. We just needed yeah. to like take a break and kind of work on ourselves. So I still stayed in contact with it. So I think it just depends. Well, and I have some friends who yell at me because I have a few exes. Ex- <laughs> not like, A few? <laughs> well, like so my ex-husband, right? And and we don't talk other than really but for, you have children. for the kids, you have right? Children. So not talking to him is not really an option. And it's not like I look – it's funny because – Facebook had started, I had maybe a year or two of Facebook while I was still married to him. And then since then, so what, like, I'll get my memories every once in a while. I'll oh. see an old memory that has wow. me in my married life. And I'm like, huh. wow, does that sound like a different life? It's, it's a complete, and, and I don't have any pangs of like missing Badness him or anything right. like that. I just go, oh, that's still on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> but there are people I have dated since my divorce. Right. That I'm still in touch with. And more than more than one, take that look off your face. There's more than <laughs> one. But but like and for the most part, for the most part, they're all just friends. Mm-hmm. And so to me, when I hear from one of them, um, like the guy I used to date in New York, when mm. he contacts me, there's no like stirring up of old feelings or anything like that it's just hey how are you what's going on we haven't talked in a while kind of thing um so for the most part I feel like I can talk to my exes but they're you know but you don't have but I have emotional baggage I haven't been lied to I haven't been cheated on that I know of I haven't you know all that stuff so I don't have any reason not to stay friends with the people that I've dated. Right. There's still people I care about and I don't want exactly. to cut them out of my life. And that's what I'm saying. I think because it they depends. still bring value to my Correct. life. Correct. So by the way, that, that song is by Little Big Town. Yes, that's who it was. And Thank and, you. Le- and there is also a Pearl Jam one, but that's a whole different I'm sure song. that there is. Um this one says this one I this totally resonates. So the chorus says, sometimes in the middle of the night, I can feel you again, but I just miss you, and I just wish you were a better man. I have that song. I'm like, I belt that song out all the time. And I know why we had to say goodbye, like the back of my hand, and I just miss you, and I wish you were a better man. man. That's so true. It's a a beautiful, I I encourage you to listen to it at some point. I'll listen to it. Um, It's a great song for anyone with emotional baggage, because, um, you know, some of the examples they give in this song are specific to a relationship that... I suspect whoever wrote the song had had (laughs) Um, and not all of them pertain exactly to me but but the song has always resonated with me since I first heard it interesting and I think you would like it It, okay it sounds like something that might resonate with you just based on what you just said and I think my biggest issue in relationships is always that I want to see the good in them and I do and I and like other people can be like dude don't you see this, this, and this? And I'm like, yeah, but you don't know him like I know him. And I see this in him. And I think while I can be cynical about relationships, my fatal flaw is that I tend to see the good in people and then I hang on to that. I don't think that that's a flaw. I know. So, and actually, Bustle says number seven (laughs) is practice some acceptance, right? Of what? So, it's something happened to you and and you're sad and it makes sense that that would be hard to get over. So, accept it. And accept your history and the people that have been a part of your history. Accept your circumstances and remember that none of these define you. Acceptance is the first step of letting go and setting yourself free. I like that. Isn't that beautiful? That's actually probably the best tip of all. So here's number eight. Get over, quote unquote, the idea of them. 
if you feel like you can't move on, it could be that you've turned your ex into some kind of perfect partner to which no one else can compare. Now, I don't uh, feel like that's what's happening here. I do not. But on. for those who might be doing that, um, get over that idea. Head off to therapy uh. or start a podcast. <laughs> Is that what it says? No, it just says <laughs> head off to therapy. <laughs> I was like, really? But for me, this podcast right. is therapy, mm. so I just threw that in there as my own, um, my own thing because I get a lot of my shit out here. So, Thanks, Pete Heads. Thank you. Can as a favor to me and maybe some other listeners who think like me, could you read that acceptance one again? Yes, I love that one. The acceptance. Okay, yeah. we'll go back up to number seven. Practicing some acceptance. Something bad happened to you, and now okay, you're sad. <laughs> it makes sense that such a thing would be hard to get over, so it can help to just accept it. Instead, interesting. Or to excuse me, so it can help to just accept it instead. Accept your history and the people that have been a part of your history. I love that. Accept your circumstances mm. and remember that none of these define you. That is acceptance is the first step of letting go and setting yourself free. And that's the thing. I think none of your decisions define you, but like you said earlier, they all combine to make you who you are. Mm -hmm. So it's part of who you are. It's it's part part of of who I, yeah. And so without that relationship, I wouldn't have the understanding, the empathy, the, I don't know, whatever, the intelligence, whatever I have now. And maybe a little bit of cynicism that might serve you to recognize (laughs) patterns when you see them again. Having that experience just because it was bad also educates you to seeing Mm. signs sooner. Yeah. So I don't think that that's a bad thing. Bustle also would encourage you to remember that everyone is different. So if you're comparing your current significant other to your ex, take a second (laughs) to remember that they're different people. Right. And just because your ex liked to party or maybe lied a lot doesn't mean your current partner will go off the deep end if they go out for the evening. Oh, my gosh. You don't even know how many times I have – he's been away. He being the current. The current. And I call him. He doesn't answer. I text. He doesn't answer. I fucking go down a rabbit hole of – You start telling oh yourself God. a story, don't oh, you? Oh, Oh, the worst story there is. Who's he with? What's he doing? Da, da, da. And then I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. and I'm hyperventilating. I'm like talking myself off the ledge. Okay, it's okay. And yeah, it's ridiculous. And the thing is, like, he's so trustworthy. He really, I mean, I, I really know the guy. Is. Not as well as you do, obviously. But I know. I know the guy, and I think he's just a stand He's a gem. He's, he's a, a wonderful, gem. wonderful he's guy. He's a good guy. And so I just have to be like, you know what? So that one resonates with me so much. Like, okay, he is Everyone not that is person. He but is it's, not that it's, person. you have to remind yourself. And the last thing they say, which is probably good for a lot of things because I'm fucking Pollyanna, <laughs> but have a positive outlook, right? Uh, so things are hard. It's taking some time. Just be positive as you go through the po- process and give yourself some credit for wanting to move on and, you know, you'll feel better soon. So those are from our friends at Bustle. Bustle, we're open to sponsorships. <laughs> We love you. Um, And here's another article that I found, which was how to actually let go of relationship baggage, according to psychologists. Oh, look, would you like to read this one? (laughs) This is on you, Dee. I'm sorry. I was just laughing. What's number one? Literally. Well, number one. um, Okay. Oh, oh, man. Okay. Scroll down. It's down. (laughs) No, no, no. Number 
number one. What? That is. That is number one. Except Amarant. Are you on the mindbodygreen.com no. article? Oh, you're on a We're different We're on different articles. Well, you Sorry. tell me yours. Okay. So this is actually from Psychology Today. Okay. Oh, that's probably even better than mine. Um, it, <laughs> it's basically like, it's like dueling listen. banjos, but it's doing research. <laughs> so once a relationship is ended, you need time to move through those feelings and come to peace with them and negative feelings need to be expressed. So this, this psychologist suggests that their clients like write a letter to their ex, not to be mailed just to get their feelings out, which I've actually huh. done before. Have you done that? It no. feels really, really good. It's just if you just verbally vomit on a page and you're like, blah, like I just need to get this out and you know you're not going to send it to them, but you just basically like... It would be like, my luck that that person would see it. <laughs> so their suggestions in how to deal, and, and they give several different types of scenarios, um, on how to purge your emotional ghosts. Accept responsibility for your past. Okay. Um, say to yourself... I allowed myself to fall prey to these negative ideas and toxic toxic thoughts, but I'm not going to allow them to control me anymore. So it sounds really funny, but sometimes saying that aloud, and I've done that before. I've literally talked to myself. I'm like, Dion, like I am not going to allow this person to control me anymore. And it's ridiculous, but sometimes if you say it out loud, it I don't know why, it just really helps. Okay. Um, so you say that out loud, and then... You, you acknowledge that those ghosts are there. You basically are like, look, this is out there. Like, this has happened to me. I know it's happened to me, and I'm going to acknowledge it. But then you differentiate yourself from your ghosts by listing, like, how you're different now. So you can say, like, for me, I'd be like, okay. I am no longer as naive as I once was okay. because I was. I was naive and innocent. No one had ever lied to me before. And now I'm like, all right, I'm no longer that person. And like to your point, you were saying it's okay to be a little cynical. And now I'm like, all right, I'm a little more worldly wise, let's right. say. It becomes a part of who you are. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm not that person anymore. I'm not that naive young person who was like, oh, no one's ever lied to me. Now I'm like, eh. You know, and it's okay to admit that, but you can say like, I'm different. My life is different. And being in our forties, I think we, some degree of self-confidence comes with that. Mm -hmm. And some degree of, I'm okay. Like if this relationship that I'm in right now doesn't work out, I'm going to be okay. And when I was younger, I don't know that I felt that way. I'm like, sure, oh my it's gosh. like, I live and die by this relationship. Yeah. Yes. So just kind of saying like, you know what? I'm a different person now than I was then, and I can handle whatever comes my way. So just okay. having that sense of resilience okay. and self-empowerment. Yeah. So that's, that's Psychology Today just has three tips. Okay. That's where I was with Psychology Today. And you had Mind Body Green? I did, and I just deleted it because it was very similar okay. to what you were saying. Okay. But here's something that I thought about because I do think that for the partners out there, and I honestly think when it comes to the baggage issue I've probably been more on this side of it than the side of oh. the other side of you know when when someone so has, you've had people with baggage I, I, I think that's all of us right well, but I, but yeah. I feel like sometimes I have had to 
change how I behave in a relationship because the other person has had oh. someone mistreat them. Okay. And so even though I've not been mistreated, I've been on the the other side of it mm-hmm. where that person's mm-hmm. baggage then impacts me. So there is an article on a, a website called Elite Dating. Or excuse oh, yeah. me, Elite, Elite Daily. Daily. Yeah. yeah. And they have an article by Andrea Fisher called Four Ways Your Emotional Baggage Hurts Your New Partner new partner, (laughs) pardon me, more than you. And the first one is, I'm not responsible for your past, only your present. I think that's a hard one for a lot of people. Like I think about my friend whose first husband dated a stripper. stripper. No, I think about you having Mm -hmm. been so lied to in the past. And it's really hard not to bring that with you to a relationship, yeah, really but is. as the person it, that might be the, the new person in your life, you know, we can't control what that person did. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to be grouped into that same category. Right. We would never even consider for a second to do what they have done. Right. Um, and when you allow that baggage into your relationship, you're kind of allowing your new partner to be hurt by something we never actually did. Um, and then how do you cope with that? Like, what do you do? Like, how do you continue to try to convince the person, like, I'm not lying on lying to you. I'm not cheating. I mean, that's not fair, right? Like, You're right. It not- isn't fair. But it's also part of being with someone who has been so seriously hurt. Mm. So I, from personal experience, this is not part of, you know, yeah. what Elite Daily yeah. said. This is just my own experience. Yeah. Um, I just try to temper some, some understanding with mm. also some, hey, that's not me. Right. Mm. You're, you're coming at me from your experience, but right. so, so it's a balancing act. And I think life is all about balance. So, but is there a statute of limitations? I so. think that would depend on the egregiousness of the hurt that was done. Like you think about our last guest who was so, so traumatized <sighs> by her last relationship, the time it takes to get over something yeah. like that yeah. is naturally going to be a lot longer than the time right. it takes to get over something, a more minor transgression. Okay. okay. And it's only on the, it, beauty's in the eye of the world. Like, I know. Only it, no each one couple I can, can say decide. how hurtful yeah. something is yeah. to me. You, right. you don't get to decide how badly something hurt me. And right. I don't get to decide how badly you were hurt right. by something that happened to you. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. We all have our triggers. So the other thing that they say is our fights are never really our fights because they're reflected in the past. So Mm, things spiral. mm -hmm. They don't make sense because they're based in a past that I'm not a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, You're more vulnerable because you're getting hurt because you're holding on to the baggage of the past. Um, We're more susceptible, excuse me, we're more susceptible to being hurt. Because your emotional baggage is dragging us down. We may think something is wrong with us, but what we fail to realize is the actions reflected directly and only in the past. So Hmm. by bringing up baggage, you're not allowing us to share the future we deserve. Uh, And we constantly feel like we have to prove ourselves. I think that's the biggest one. Okay, that's the biggest one. That's the big one, Because I know with my situation, um, I think that's how he's felt. Like he's, he has a lot of patience with me around mm-hmm. it, but essentially he's like, look, <laughs> I think he gets frustrated too. He's like, this is not who I am. And he's constantly having to try to prove himself. And that, that's hard for him and it's not fair. And I, I, yeah. And I get that. Like, and like I said, after three and a half years, I'm finally calming down around it. But it's funny because if, 
if I ever did find out he lied to me about anything, I would probably lose it. I'd probably like, I'd probably, that'd probably be it for me. Because after all this time, I'd be like, okay, I'm out. Like one time. I know, and that's not but, fair. But the good news for you is that your partner <laughs> is constantly proving himself. I know, but he why should he have to? He shouldn't to have to. He shouldn't have to try, though. He should just have to be. He should just be. Right? I agree, but it's life's not that simple. That's a very <laughs> black or white, yeah. black and white answer, right? Yeah. And so we're in this gazillion shades of gray, and not in a sexual way, but just saying <laughs> that Although that maybe. while while you're right, he yeah. shouldn't have to. I just feel bad that he has to. I feel bad, and he doesn't have to. He chooses to because he loves you. Oh, that's a great answer. That's thank I'm you. so good at everyone else's relationships. <laughs> I'm available to make you feel better about your relationship. <laughs> Well, not being in one myself. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Yes. <laughs> All right, we have to drink from that. Uh, Otherwise, it's bad mm. luck. I always forget. Um, so, yeah. no, I think that that's legitimate. And I just wanted to give partners, because we have them and sometimes we are them. <laughs> and... Um, it's important to recognize that yeah. our baggage hurts us, but it also hurts the people that we get into relationships yeah. with yeah. because we can be a little broken by mm. our baggage and that <laughs> broken. can, that can, yeah, that can have, a, mm-hmm. have an impact on the people that care about you. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. I feel like you've kind of given me some perspective. I know, you know, I've said this before, but I feel like, Sometimes you choose the topics that are close to your heart. Sometimes I choose the close topics that are close to my heart. And we always learn something from them. And I hope that our listeners do too. I think we learn something from every episode. Yeah, I do. And um, this has been a really great conversation. I don't, it's, it's hard because sometimes, you know, I'm not in a relationship right now. And yeah, I'm, but you still, you have been. And oh, so yeah. it helps to hear your perspective. And it helps to hear your perspective as someone who's been on the other side of it. Right. Um, right. Because sometimes I'm on the other side of it. And so I can give my perspective. So, yeah, this was a topic that I wanted to talk about because I, I do find it kind of entering um, from time to time. And, and not just that relationship, but, you know, other stuff that's happened, like, all the way from my childhood that enters in. And, oh, for I mean, sure. That's another whole podcast. But and you know what I mean? Like, we all have shit. I don't baggage. mean to give the impression that I have no baggage. <laughs> It's just that I oh, haven't. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> I haven't been seriously mistreated by anyone, right? So the stuff that that I consider my baggage is much more minor. It's like just more along the lines of. So my ex husband, um, again, I always say he never did anything wrong. He just never really did anything right. Mm. So sometimes that's worse. So when he would make a commitment to me that okay, I'm going to do this. And then this didn't happen. I would have this sort of handful of excuses for why this didn't happen, but I would never have this. The Whatever thing that actually this didn't happen was right. that he'd promised. I'm going to be home at this time so that we can go and get started on our vacation. And then that wouldn't happen. And I would have a handful of excuses or I'm going to fix this today. And it would never get done because I would have this handful of excuses. And those things just sort of compounded. So it's not massive mistreatment, but I will tell you when I have dated other people. Yeah. If, if 
I start seeing some sort of pattern of that, I do probably piece out a little faster because I start going, oh, see, no, I'm not going to do that again. And see, that's the good thing about having that baggage is that it enables you to more quickly see what you won't tolerate the next time around. For sure. Right? Even small stuff like that. Like, But that's not small. No, that is not small. It's small no. on a scale of... Because here's the thing. That's almost like it's not an overt lie. But it's a subtle lie because it's someone okay. promising you something that doesn't happen. Okay, let me tell you a little story. Okay, this is really weird, but it, it relates to this. When I was a little kid, um, we lived in a very, very tiny town. And there was a bigger town nearby. And there was a Baskin Robbins there. Mm. And of course, when I was little, I loved ice cream. So, are you saying you don't love ice cream today? I'm not a big fan. But when <gasps> I, <laughs> this is a whole other issue, but okay. But when I was a little kid, I loved ice cream. So, my dad and my mom, we would drive to this bigger town to go shopping. And inevitably, we would drive by the Baskin Robbins. And whenever we would start to drive by it, my dad would say, Hey, girls, look, there's the Baskin Robbins. Do you want to go? And my sister and I would be like, Yay, yay, yay. And then my mom would look at him, my dad, like, no. And he'd be like, oh, never mind. And we'd, <gasps> uh-uh. Okay, thank you for that response. It was the biggest disappointment for a 10-year-old that there for ever was. sure. They, that's literally stealing candy from and a baby. And here's the thing. He would do it every time. Numer- it wasn't just once that that happened. It was every time we'd go to that bigger town... He would do that knowing that my mom was going to say no. And it wasn't my mom was being a bitch. She just was like, oh, no, we don't need to go get ice cream. But he knew she was going to stop him. And he would still say, girls, let's go to Baskin Robbins. Okay. So to this day, whenever I have a disappointment in my life, I call it a Baskin Robbins. Oh, no. <clears throat> and it's brutal. No it, offense to the actual company Baskin and Robbins. And if you guys want to sponsor us, please do. Um, but, but Dion won't eat your ice cream. <laughs> but the the emotion of disappointment is one of the most difficult ones for me. And it, I swear it stems from the Baskin-Robbins incident. And so when I'm in a relationship, I will tell my partner, please don't Baskin-Robbins me. <laughs> don't tell me something is going to happen when you fucking know it's not. So your husband would Baskin Robbins you all the time. It was little Baskin. No, it was like, it was I don't like, care. No, no, but it was like I, little like I don't sample care. bites of Baskin Robbins over care. time that added up to a gallon of Baskin Robbins. And here's right? the thing. He Baskin Robbins you. That's all I care about. Right. He Baskin Robbins you. He because he would tell you something was going to happen that he full well knew wasn't going to. So to me, that's as big as a giant tub of Baskin Robbins. I don't care if it's It just like, added up over years it, it, to a tub okay? of Baskin Robbins to the point where I was like, <laughs> I don't want any more of your ice cream lines. <laughs> so I'm just saying like when you were telling me that, I just got like a little uh, in my heart because I felt the Baskin Robbins happening. He Baskin Robbins you. Dear Baskin Robbins, we're not trying to use your name <laughs> as a verb for bad behavior. It's just no, happening. it's the ultimate good behavior because I loved Baskin Robbins and I was deprived of it all the time. And you know what's funny? <sighs> if if I told my mom this story, she'd be like, Really? 
that happened? I'm like, oh no, it happened numerous times. And it wasn't my mom's fault. It was just that she was trying to keep us like in check. Like you've had too much sugar girls, but my dad wanted it, but he was like, okay, fine. Okay. On the sugar topic. So (laughs) total squirrel moment, but I have to share this with you because of this whole conversation. So we lived in Eastern Washington for a few years when I was a kid. And there are four of us, four kids in my four daughters in my family. Yes. So three sisters, for those of you doing the math at home. <laughs> and we would, my parents, we lived in Spokane for a few years, but my parents held on to their season tickets for the um, Seattle Seahawks. Oh. oh. So we would literally, every time there was a home Seahawks game, we would all pile into the car. Now, let me tell you, they only had two season tickets. <laughs> Tickets, so it's not like we all got to go to the game. Wait, games. what? My, we so they would... Baskin Robbins you? No, no, no. Oh my God! <laughs> no, we never thought we were going to the okay. games. We just knew we were going five hours in the car each direction, not to go to a Seahawks game. Wait, so. I don't understand why you would do that. Because we had no choice. We were kids. They were going to the game, and so we would go <gasps> stay with my grandparents while they went to the game, and then we would get in the car and go home. But my dad's idea oh my was he really hated when we all got squirrely and and um loud in the car because he has some overstimulation issues which I think I have from him <gasps> he's right an, he's an HSP like me I get that yeah so he um <laughs> his solution to this problem was I'm gonna buy a giant bag of candy and reward the kids for good behavior by feeding them candy and he would start doing it like an hour into the drive so not guess, realizing guess what happened oh by the time gosh. you got it. and nobody liked each other <laughs> oh by the time because every my he we'd get hyper off and now sugar, you're screaming we'd all have two like, candy bars you're jumping the off car. the walls you're like banging on and his we're head. four kids oh trapped god. in the car we're like hitting each oh other and like god. oh my god my poor dad and we called it the my so my <laughs> one of my younger sister's instead of bribery, she would say bribery. So we called it the bribery bag. And the bribery bag was actually the key to all of our undoing because we would get so jacked up on sugar. So I can feel for your mom going, we don't need the Baskin Robbins. That's what she, that's, that, that was her whole, her whole motive was like, girls have enough sugar. We don't need more sugar. But here's the thing. My, and dad, my dad was like, here's a bag of sugar now. Shut up. Wow. That doesn't work. My dad would have done that had my mom not been in the car. Here's the thing. My dad wanted the Baskin Robbins. My dad was a sugarholic. He wanted the Baskin Robbins. So he was doing it for himself. But then my mom was like, no. And he knew the wrath of Carol was going to come down. Carol, Carol with a K. K. Hi, Carol. <laughs> so he was like, okay, sorry. But why did he keep doing it every time? He knew she was going to like Because he's hoping curtail. that this would be the time. I think that so. She, that he would get Baskin Robbins. So he didn't mean to Baskin Robin us, but he did. And it like, him, it, when you're, that's what you remember. And when you're a 10 year old girl and you're like so sensitive, that is what you remember is like the heartbreak of not getting the Baskin Robbins and mm-hmm. being told that you were going to get it and not getting it. So now that, that disappointment, that like, oh, it's, it's, mm, it's brutal. And that was, that's how I described the the end of my marriage. It was really just a thousand little disappointments and all the Baskin Robbins. Oh, it was all the scoops. There's a 31 gallon sized ice cream bucket (laughs) hole in our marriage that should have been filled with stuff we promised, but instead it was just an ice cream vacuum. (laughs) Okay. So you do have some baggage. No, I do, but it's, it's, it relative to no 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 no, 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 no. hold on but relative to lying cheating 
murdering, like that <laughs> kind of stuff. It's small potatoes. But this, it's a whole oh. lot of small potatoes that added up. I'm not discrediting. It's still baggage. It, of course and it is. And baggage is baggage. And I just don't want to diminish that. I don't of want to diminish your baggage. Is. No. I, or anyone else's. No, it's it's just not designer baggage. It's like. <laughs> it's not Louis Vuitton. It's not Louis Vuitton. <laughs> it's not Chanel. It's not even Samsonite. No, it's oh, like. It's not even like, It's like. Amazon Ross essentials special. or something. <laughs> I don't know. Kmart? Are there Kmarts around anymore? I'm somewhere. I'm sure there's a Kmart. <laughs> I'm sure there's a Kmart. Oh my god! I <laughs> Sizzler. Sizzler is alive and well in California. What? There's like six million Sizzlers along whatever no. freeway you take to get from Sacramento. To it's the I five. It's the I five. Well, I went Sacramento, Bay Area, Fresno, Huntington Beach, and I saw the I five multiple multiple sizzlers so the five for those californians out there so because in I'm case still anyone one. was wondering if the sizzler is still alive i'm sure there's a kmart somewhere that's all i'm saying cheers to that cheers to the kmart all right, all right. well thank this you. was awesome this was happy a good discussion anniversary. <gasps> happy anniversary oh and um beat heads thanks for listening thank to us guys. for a year <laughs> first year i know we First have many. many more years to go many, many. many more years to especially go. after baskin robbins sponsors us Right. And um, and who else? Who else? Oh, you what had another one. About? Oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, um, um, <laughs> bustle. Bustle.com. Bustle. Bustle. <laughs> Between those two, yeah. we're going to be we're, we rolling are. in millions of dollars. And you have you have a potential other. Well, we have a little um, hookup for some bubbles. So we'll talk about that. We'll when, talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Maybe when teaser. we do our next episode, I really want to do mm-hmm. our next one on pickup Pick up lines. lines. I know. Um, so hopefully we'll do that next. Okay. Um, but if not, we'll do something else and we'll get, we'll get around to it. Hey, thank you for hosting. Thank you for the pizza. Thank you for the bubbles. Thank you for your dog. Yeah. Your dog's oh, awesome. You're welcome to or You want to take her with you? I love, yes. I love her dog. We're spirit animals. You are. You're both. I know. We're both too high much. High energy. We're both too much. High energy. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I almost said extra and I'm like, nope. Oh, even we're that's so little... extra. It's okay. It's all right. She's, she's extra. She is. But all right. Anyway. Well, Beatheads, thank you. It's been a great year. We look forward to many more. We love you guys. Thank we you. We love you. Let us know if there's something you want to hear about. Share our podcast with your friends and we will catch you in a couple yes. of weeks. Yes. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye.